Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word... He didn't tell the truth. He lied. And and again, this is David taking his life into his own hands. I want you to understand the difference here. Because some people may look at this and say, well, you know, he had to do that because he's trying to preserve his life. No. If you lie, if the moment you sin to get out of a situation, you have now taken it out of the realm of where God can help you. You said, God, I got this. Now I'm gonna sin against you, try to fix my scenario. David's best chance in his scenario was to tell the truth and leave it in God's hands. Have you ever been in a situation that you felt you could only get out of by sinning? Like David, maybe you felt that lying was your best option. In today's message, Pastor Bill teaches that in any situation, your best option is always to tell the truth and leave the outcome in God's hands. When you sin to get out of a situation, you are trusting in yourself rather than in God. You may never be in a life or death scenario like David, but in any situation, tell the truth and allow God to handle the consequences. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 21 as he begins his message, Desperation, Deception, and Death. 1 Samuel 21, and we'll do a two, it'll be a two-part study on these two. So um, let's go ahead and pray and ask the Lord to go before us and uh, see what he has for us. So let's pray, you guys. Father in heaven, we thank you for the privilege of knowing you. God, thank you that you've given us your word that is living and powerful and that through it, you reveal your heart to us. You speak to us. God, you teach us things that we need to know. Uh, God, may this not be just another Bible study. God, I pray for each one of us that are present here, that are watching or listening later. God, capture our hearts and our minds in this time. Meet us in this place. Lord, speak to us as only you can. I pray, God, you'd open up your word to us, reveal uh, reveal things to us that we need to know that we might walk more closely with you, Lord, that we might be more victorious, that we might not get caught up as today we'll see some errors, guard us from these same errors, God, that we wouldn't fall into the traps that those before us have fallen into. And so, God, we give you this time. We give you our undivided attention. We actually speak to us loud and clear. We ask these things in Jesus name. And everybody said, Amen. All right. So here is the deal. First Samuel chapter 21. um, David is on the run, right? He's a fugitive up until this point. David, it's it's not his fault. What's going on? Amen. Saul is the one that is doing wrong. And and Saul and David and Jonathan got together and and they had their little plan to figure out if, if Saul was really trying to kill David. And Jonathan discovered that, in fact, his dad really was. intending to kill David. So David was now sent out as a fugitive. And I want to say this before we get deep into the message tonight, because, you know, I want to I want to be realistic in looking at this. If I'm David, if you're David, right, your life has just been spun out. You were just just a a couple of years ago. You were just at, at the house watching daddy's sheep. Being the youngest kid on the block, you know, you, you weren't really a big deal. Nothing, nothing bad spectacular was going on. And, and really in a short amount of time, a lot has changed. You know, uh, David went down, you know, he got invited by his dad, sent him down to the battle. 
uh, where the older brothers were down at the war, where they were getting punked by Goliath, if you remember. And David was sent down by dad to go see how your big brothers are doing at the war. Here, take some cheeses to the captain, you know. And so David's just going down to do, you know, let his dad know everybody's doing okay. He gets down there. And Goliath is stomping and whomping up and down, talking trash. And David's like, what is this? You know, he just got a different spirit. David is, is oh, I can't believe that y'all letting him talk to us like that. He's some uncircumcised Philistine. David was the only one out there with faith in God. And so David said, I'll fight him. You know, he asked a couple guys, what you get if you fight him? King said, you get no taxes. I told you guys to get one of his little jacked up daughters. We already saw that happen. Uh, you know, you get, you know, your, your household get free of taxes and all these things. David, I'll go. I'll fight him. And everybody discouraged David. You remember that? His brother said, oh, go home. And he just come down here. To, you're just you're, you're, you're prideful. And his brother discouraged him. Interesting that his brother didn't talk to Goliath like that, though. You know, that was funny to me. But anyway, um, it's a rapper that I listen to named K-9. And uh, in that little section, you know, he was talking to David. He's, uh, you know, he, I forget the way the rhyme goes. But David says, you know, he says, you know, tells him to go and talk to Goliath like that. And all the background people go, ooh, you know, like, <laughs> ooh, you know. So, um, but, you know, the brother discouraged him. Saul, when Saul sees him, Saul says, oh, no, oh, David, he, you can't go. He, he just, this guy's been a warrior. He saw David. David's like a cute kid. He says, you, he's, this guy's been a warrior your lifetime. And then David started recounting God's faithfulness. God, he said, man, when I was uh, watching my dad's sheep, a bear or a lion came out. I, God delivered them to me. My bare hands, I killed a lion and a bear. He says, that, the, that uncircumcised Philistine would be just like one of those. All David had was faith in God. And Saul said, well, all right, you go ahead. And he went out and he defeated Goliath and everything changed. Boom. He was now the hero. Saul said, you know, David had been allowed to come play and he would go home and come play for Saul. But now Saul said he need to stay here now. I'm keeping him at the palace. Now David's in the palace. He's been secretly anointed king, not publicly. So he knows he's the next king, but nobody else know. And he's there serving Saul, faithful, favored with the people. The men like him. Everybody, everywhere he goes, the people are like, hey, we like David. But you know what went wrong? The women, women, the women. <laughs> Women always getting brothers in trouble. Man, David was doing just fine. Then the women came singing their song. Saul slain thousands, but David his tens of thousands. And when Saul heard that, it was like that was I, he, he wanted his head from that point on. And so multiple times, David's just playing the harp for Saul and Saul is chuck a spear at him. And, and, and it's all come to this now where now David, I went from home watching sheep. Came out, defeated Goliath. Now I'm in the palace. I'm revered. The people like me. I'm doing well. I'm going in and out before the people. I'm serving God. I'm doing a good job. Going to win wars. I didn't went and, you know, he had to go do that job for the for the for the one daughter that he got and all the foreskins of the Philistines. And y'all, y'all remember all of that? I mean, everything he's done, successful. Successful. God's hand is with him. And now all of a sudden he's chased out of the palace. Saul wants to kill him, and he, he's like, now get out of here. And he's a fugitive and he's on the run. And I want to give us that background because we're going to see David mess up real bad tonight. But I want to, in fairness, I just want to give us, I want us to at least feel like we understand why, right? It's not, it's not going to be okay what he does. But I, what I, you know, understanding where he's coming from, the frame of mind, I'm a fugitive out here, all that weighing against him. He made some bad decisions. Now, the Bible says that these things, why does God tell us the truth about the heroes of the Bible? Why does God let us in? Why doesn't God hide their, their errors so that we think they're all perfect? God says in the New Testament, 
These things are written for your learning. Right. So the reason that God is, is so clear and, uh, and honest about the failures of those that have gone before us is so that we would see what they did and what? And we wouldn't repeat it. We would say, wow, that's that. Wow. That I'm supposed to learn from that. Like this isn't for me to m- make fun of David. This certainly isn't for me to be like, you know, looking down at David. This is for me to look at David and say, I, I could do the same thing if I'm not careful. I could, I could be one day walking in super supernatural faith accomplishing miracles for God. And then the next month I could be over here making bad decisions with my life and, and, and costing people. And so we, we have to learn from this. That's what I want us to, to be mindful of tonight. We need to learn from what we're going to read tonight. Amen. How many of us here, how many of you guys would say at some point in time in your life, you were a liar. Anybody here ever been a liar? All right. Wow. Oh, you liars, man. <laughs> so it's a common thing, right? It's, I think, um, you know, Evidently, you know, uh, it's a challenge. I, I hope we've been redeemed, you know, so um, but that's a challenge that it actually became a challenge and a pattern for David. I titled tonight's message Desperation, Deception and Death, part one, um, because it's going to be a continuation of what we're looking at tonight. Desperation, Deception and Death. Uh, we're going to see David in desperation. Um turn to lying and deception. And eventually um, this is going to, this is going to end in death. Um, He's going to be bummed about it. And so um, we, we get the, we have, we have the vantage point of looking at after the fact what he did so that we get back up and say, let me make sure I don't, I don't make these same errors. So over the next two chapters, um, we're going to see details of some of David's lowest moments. Uh, We're going to see how his desperation to get away from King Saul led to today, led to deception and some lies that he told to deceive others for his own purpose. And ultimately, this is going to lead to the death of people that he cared about that tried to help him. And so um, we want to be careful of this. I asked my wife this earlier, and um, everybody here can just think about this. I asked, have you ever been so afraid of the result of telling the truth that you told a lie? So have you ever been a scenario where it's like, man, I'm so afraid to tell the truth that I'm going to lie. A lie just feels like the easier way to go in this situation. Now, her being maybe a little holier than me um, or not or not, you know, what I'm saying? she she had to act like she had to really think about it. You know, uh, uh, there's a lot of ways that we can tell lies. Some lies are very overt, direct, you know, you know, where are you at? And you say that you are somewhere that you're not, you know, uh, you know, as a kid, you know, did you do your homework? Yes, I did it all. I'm going to play now. You know, uh, you know, they, they, we lie. Uh, again, some things are very direct, but there's some there's some lies that are maybe a little more crafty, a little more subtle. Have truths, um, giving, giving, giving partial information, giving you enough information to lead you to believe something that's not all the way true. That's a lie, too. I can lie to you without words. I can behave in such a way. I can deceive you. If I walked in here tonight limping real bad, but I'm not hurt, that's, I'm lying. Somehow I want you to believe I'm hurt. You know, I, I want for whatever reason, you know, so we've had children attempt this to get a day off of school or, or something or whatever, you know, so I'm sorry, Harmony. I'm just kidding. So um, my kids, are little, they, they used to make me put cast on them, Harmony and my other daughter. They would act hurt. I kid you not, I would take a I would take a piece of cardboard. I'd just break a box of them in the house. I would put the cardboard on and put some tape around it and pray for them and s- sit down for a little bit. And then they would get up and be like, OK, it's better. They would be healed. <laughs> little liar. They're so cute, though. I did it. <laughs> so 
Let's jump into the chapter. Look at look at look at First Samuel twenty one verse one. It says, "Now David came to Nob to Ahimelech the priest, and Ahimelech was afraid when he met David and said to him, Why are you alone and no one is with you?'" So. David does the right thing at first, right? I mean, when you're in a bad place, things are going poorly. Uh, you're being chased by King Saul. He wants to kill you. David went to the house of God. I'm saying that's a that's a that's a good first step. Amen. Went to the house of God. Where at the house of God, there's the man of God, Ahimelech, the priest. He can inquire of the Lord for David. There's many multiple things that could be happening here. And so at first it looks like this is a good move, Dave. I like this that you went to you went to the priest. Good job. Then priests ask him a very direct question. This is what spins everything out. The priest seeing David, David, but hold on, David, you're the, you're the son-in-law to the king. David, you're kind of a big deal. You usually have an entourage and some security folk. And so to see David alone was like, whoa, and you ain't got no weapon? Something went wrong. Did you get beat up somewhere? Did you lose a battle? So Ahimelech is afraid initially when he sees David uh, alone and without. And so he says, why are you alone and no one is with you? Because this is just not how it goes. You don't see the king's son-in-law. You don't see David. You don't see a guy like him, his stature. You don't see this guy alone. This guy has entourage. He's got people with him. Verse two, it says, so David said to Ahimelech, the priest, the king has ordered me on some business. Everybody say lie number one. The king has not ordered him on business. Uh, that's what he says. And this is he said and said to me, do not let anyone know anything about the business on which I send you. So the king has sent me on business. Lie number one. Lie number two, because I got to involve you in my lie. It's a secret. So don't tell nobody nothing about this. So it's a secret mission I'm on. I'm letting you in on it. Don't let anybody else know. It's a secret. Um, no one can know anything about the business in which I've been sent to do. Or uh, which he's commanded me. And I have directed my young men to such and such a place. So he said, look, I got some people with me. But I got them. They got, they, they got, I've been directing them some secret places you can't know about. So here's what David could have done. David could have showed up and said, you know what? Ahimelech, it's going to sound crazy. I'm running for my life. I don't know why, but King Saul wants to kill me. And I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do. So I've run for my life. Uh, I'm, I'm, I pray for me inquire of the Lord for me, um, seek God on my behalf. He could have done that. I don't know why he didn't, um, but he didn't do that. He didn't, he didn't tell the truth. He lied. And, and again, this is David taking his life into his own hands. I want you to understand the difference here because some people may look at this and say, well, you know, that he had to do that because he's trying to preserve his life. No. If you lie, if the moment you sin to get out of a situation, you have now taken it out of the realm of where God can help you. You said, God, I got this. Now I'm going to sin against you. Try to fix my scenario. David's best chance in his scenario was to tell the truth and leave it in God's hands. God is in your ballpark. I'm going to tell the truth and let it be. And um, but he made a mistake right here, a very critical mistake in that he takes it into his own hands and he lies about it. I was thinking about a situation when I was much younger, really, uh, really about a year and a half after I got born again. So I was saved. I was uh, going to church. I was doing well. Me and the guy that led me to the Lord, um, he actually wanted to become a sheriff. I was like, I'll go take the test with you. You know, it'd be cool to be a sheriff and everything, you know. So uh, <laughs> I went down there. I really didn't care, but I was like, that'd be cool. That's a good job, you know. Um, I was just working in a warehouse at the time. So I went down with him. We both took the first test, both passed. 
Uh, we got callbacks to go to the next round. And so now it's looking like, wow, we might could get a job as a sheriff, you know. And uh, we go down and there's an interview and a, and a thing. And I'll never forget it. They had a thing called a criminal questionnaire. Now, we had a deacon at our church that was a retired sheriff. And I told him I have been involved in a lot of crime in my life, but I don't have any convictions. So I said, you know, he said, well, they're going to ask you this. They're going to ask you about this, that and the other. And I said, well, you know, do I tell them the truth? He said, no, if you haven't been convicted, don't say it. Don't tell them. If you ain't been convicted, you didn't do it. Right. That's what the guy at church told me. <laughs> right. But this is what God told me. I got down there and I really felt convinced that, you know, if God got this job for me, I'm going to say everything I did. And then. Let the chip fall. I really didn't have a piece about lying on paper. You know, like I got to look at my lie on paper and then turn in my lie. You lie to become a sheriff. You might get shot on the job. You know what I mean? So um, I decided, no, I'm going to tell the truth. And it was very detailed. Have you ever sold drugs? Yes. Uh, around what amount? When was the last time? How much? Did, I mean, it was very detailed. Have you ever been involved in gangs? Have you ever had fights related to that? How many times? What year was it? With whom? I mean, on and on and on. I told the truth, the truth, the truth, the truth, the truth. And they brought me back in afterwards. And the guy said, well, he said, we're not going to be able to use you, go any further with you. Um, and he says, but don't feel bad. He says, if you had lied on this paperwork today, those questions, uh, this is the beginning of the process. This process lasts several months. The last thing we do at the end of the whole process, when you're all excited about becoming a sheriff, is we do a uh, we do the same questions with you on a lie detector test. So you just would have wasted your time and got the same result. So you're out now rather than out eight months from now. Don't feel bad about that. And uh, yeah, and, and 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 we know you are a liar. <laughs> Verified on paper at the sheriff department. So. Um, <laughs> And I remember, you know, looking back on that, my buddy's still serving as a sheriff today. You know, that was God's call for him. God had a different plan for my life anyway, you know. But it's one of those things where you, you, you I look back and I think, wow, you know, that lion would have just later on, it would have come back to, to bite me in the butt. And it probably would have been painful. It's, it's, it's one thing to just be going doing something where you have heart. It's something else when your heart's involved. And you got your hopes up high. You think, man, I'm, I almost got a good job, you know, with, with some benefits and everything. So I, I really could have made her marry me quick. I said, girl, girl, you better come on and get this good job, you know. So that warehouse job wasn't so attractive, you feel me? So moving on. So David here, he could have told the truth, but he doesn't. Uh, he defaults to kind of taking it into his own hands. And he says, hey, I'm on King's business. It's a secret. Uh, the guys that are with me are all spread about. And it doesn't really matter why he lied. Uh, once you put a lie out there, now you got to deal with the consequences of it. So I want to give you guys some verses. I'm going to take about five minutes to give you some verses on lying. Uh, write them down. I'm going to read them to you. Um, write them down. And if this is something you struggle with, I want these to be verses that that the Lord can uh, bring to your remembrance uh, to help you to know as believers we can't be liars, right? You may used to have been one when you weren't saved, but you can't continue as a child of God. You are a child of the light, amen? And so we don't want to be child of the light, children of the light out here walking in darkness, telling lies. So I got a total of eight, eight verses for you. The first one is Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19. This is a list of six things that the Lord hates. Six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to run to evil, a false witness who speaks lies. Twice in this little short list of things God hates, you got liars. 
and one who sows discord among the brethren. If God's going to make a list of what he hates, don't we need to pay attention to that? God is saying, everybody here got some pet peeves, some things you really don't like. And if someone's going to be close to you, they need to know what you don't like. This is God saying, this is what I really don't like this. I don't like liars. So that's the reason why we don't want to be liars. Next one, another proverb, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. It says, lion lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. So we have a compare and contrast. God said, lion lips are an abomination to me, but those who deal truthfully, uh, they're a delight to me. I want to be a delight to the Lord. Amen. The next one is Proverbs 19, verse 9. Proverbs 19, verse 9 says, a false witness will not go unpunished. And he who speaks lies shall perish. A false witness will not go unpunished, but he he who speaks lies will perish. Uh, The next one is Psalm 101, verse 7. Psalm 101, verse 7 says, He who works deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. Um, Next one, we'll move to the New Testament for the last three. Colossians chapter 3. Verses 9 and 10, Colossians chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, Paul here uh, says, Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So it tells us not to lie to one another anymore. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 25, again, Paul speaking here, he says, therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So as believers, again, we're to put away lying and speak truth to one another. And the last one is Revelation chapter 21, verse eight. Um, I remember these kids uh, at my my old church, they had a a Revelation 21, eight song and it said, uh, (laughs) um, I can't remember the little tune to it, but it, it talked about liars going to hell and burn, burn, burn. I can't remember it, but um, it's a, oh yeah, I now remember it. So anyway, Revelation 21, it says, uh, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and get this, all liars will have their part in the lake of, that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. For all these reasons, um, you know, we got so there's a million more verses. You got the Ten Commandments, you know, don't bear false witness. Um, you got this throughout the Bible. We know that lying is just not something that should not characterize the man or the woman of God. And so David is out of character, out of line here. Again, it's going to um, as he sold this, he's going to reap from it. It's going to be bad. Um, we need to learn from it. And so I would just put the challenge out to anybody here. As life happens, as situations come about, especially if you would be honest with yourself and say, lying sometimes is my go-to. Lying is sometimes how I get out of dealing with confrontation or ugly situations or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm challenging you tonight that you would repent of that, that you, you, you come up with some other, some other kind of way. You know, be a man or woman of truth. Say, say the truth. Uh, the Bible says the truth will do what for you? Set you free, right? So it, it may be more difficult to tell the truth. But it, it sometimes it's going to be fruitful and beneficial. Um, I, I, I'll share this last thing. Um, when I first got married, um, early, early in our marriage, I'll say, my wife was, you know, my wife cooks. And she was trying different meals and stuff like that, trying to see what I like. And um, she cooked one thing. Um, 
and she made it and I didn't really like it, but I, but I didn't have a heart to say that. So I was like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. And then her thinking that, wow, he liked it. She kept making it. <laughs> and so whose fault is it now? It's like, there, is, there it is again, you know? And so um, it's my fault. I, I should have been honest, right? Then, then she says, you know, as I've gotten older, she says, you've gotten picky in your old age. No, I've gotten more honest. We know there are many ways that you can spend your day. But we're delighted that you chose to spend time with us today in the book of 1 Samuel. Pastor Bill is the voice behind these teachings here on A Transforming Word. We genuinely trust that what you're hearing is truly having a transforming effect on your life through listening to God's Word. What is standing out to you about the book of 1 Samuel? Is it the character of Samuel and how he came to the position he did in Israel? Perhaps your curiosity is piqued by the accounts of young David fighting off wild animals, and even fighting against a giant enemy. There are all kinds of accounts of fights, chases, and running away from someone who was once trusted. There are also great moments of David and Jonathan and their friendship. This Old Testament book can be such a treasure of information, history, and life lessons. We hope that you're connecting with it in multiple ways today. A Transforming Word is a radio ministry based out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood, in Inglewood, California. Would you come visit us? Sunday morning services are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. For those not in the area, you can live stream our service on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Look for links on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. Our time with you today is about up, but please join us again for the next edition as Pastor Bill continues to teach through the book of 1 Samuel. Until then, keep learning and growing in the Word, and be expected for another great message here on A Transforming Word.